Good morning. Not really the passage I would have chosen as my first sermon at this church. But there's some really good advice, don't you think, for all young men looking for wives? Go to the dance and grab one. You know, I love trees. On my balcony in Kowloon City, I grow a rabotang tree, a jackfruit tree, some avocado trees. But I just love trees. And one day when I grow up, I want to plant them in a, and, and I hope they will become a forest. Because I just love forests. Forests are, are full of birds and biodiversity and big shrubs and small shrubs and big trees and small trees and full of life. But the problem with forests are that sometimes you can get lost. Sometimes you don't know the tree from the forest or the forest from the trees. Or sometimes even the forest from the jungle. It's easy to get lost. And now I know you have been traveling and journeying through the book of Judges for a number of weeks. And it's also easy to get lost in this forest of bloodshed and blood and guts and all this awful stuff that happens in the Bible. So maybe what I want to do just in the next uh, 12 minutes is maybe step back, uh, help us to look at some of why it is there, and then see if we can uh, unpack some of that and see if we can take something away that will benefit us in the week to come. So if you would fasten your seatbelts, I'm going to preach the first pizza sermon that has ever been preached at this church. And what, is, what a pizza sermon is, really, is I'm going to give you the big picture to show you where the small slice fits in, right? So I'm going to take this little piece that you've just read, I'm going to put it into the big pizza so you can understand why it's there. And then we're going to unpack the pizza again and have a bite or two. Okay, so you ready? So how does this all started? Well, it started long, long ago in a land far, far away. When a man called Samuel wrote or recorded everything that happened in the book of Judges. See, Samuel lived in a time of transition. Samuel lived in a time where people didn't obey God anymore. And they were looking for an earthly king. They were abandoning the relationship they had with God where he was their king. So it was a time of transition. It was also a time of the judges, right? So we have the cycle of judges. There was actually seven cycles. The people sinned. And then God did what he said he would do. He'd raise up an army that will come and oppress them. And then the people repent. Say, oh God, we're so sorry. We will never do this again. And then God raises up a judge and brings peace. And a few years it goes well, and then all of a sudden, the people sinned, did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. And then God did what he said he would do. He raised up an army. Did it, did it, did it. They oppressed. The people repent. Oh, God, we're sorry. God raises up a judge. And so the cycle continues. But Samuel, as he writes the book of Judges, he looks back on about a period of 330 years, he looks back and he reflects. So he reflects in the first three chapters of Judges. He looks at what, what have they done? 
Remember the story of Judges is really a continuation of the story in Joshua. And the story of Joshua is really a continuation of the story in the book of Deuteronomy, right? So to understand the one, you have to understand the whole. That's the pizza sermon. So let me take you back for just a second to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28. And if you imagine with me for one moment that this side of the congregation, you are gathered on one hill, one mountain, right? So, hi, wave. Oh, good, good. You're on this mountain. And you guys are on the other mountain, right? So it's opposing hills. So half of Israel is on this side, and half of Israel is on this side, right? So this side, wave, just to see you with me. Great. Now, the book of Deuteronomy chapter 28 is divided into two parts. It's called the blessing and the curses. Remember, God made a covenant with his people. He said, if you obey me, I will bless you, right? Okay, so we're going to do the blessings for these guys first. So, so, so you are six tribes of Israel. So if I say, you know, if you obey God, you will be healthy all your life long. Say amen. amen. You agree with that, right? So now, because we are making a covenant with God, you say amen to the blessings. I also have to say amen to the opposite side. So if you disobey God, disease will come into your midst. Amen. Okay. A little not so enthusiastic, but... Okay, if I say, and all the seeds that you plant, it will just grow. You will have an amazing harvest if you obey the Lord. Amen. But... If you disobey the Lord, brothers and sisters, boys and girls, grandpas and grandmas, uncles and aunties, death will come into your camp. Amen. Because you have to say amen to the blessings and amen to the curses, right? So you have to agree to both. And so the people of Israel said yes and amen to both the blessings and the curses. But there was another transition that's happening. is that Samuel is transitioning from being a judge to being a prophet. And the prophet's job in the Old Testament is really to hold the, the book of Deuteronomy, especially chapter 28, before them and say, are you obeying the Lord? Then blessings will come. Are you disobeying the Lord? Then curses will come. So in the first three chapters of the book of Judges, Samuel is really holding the book of the law before the people and saying, you guys, you are really messed up. And that's why we are where we are. We are in a downward spiral. Right? So we are declining. The, the, the grounds that we have gained, we have lost. And now, uh, from chapter 13 of chapter 4 to the end of chapter 16, is really the cycle of the judges. Right? But then we come to chapter 17 to chapter 21, and you kind of go, what on earth is going on? Right? Chapter 17 to chapter 21 is really the appendix. It's added information that helps us to understand uh, what's really going on in the book of Judges. So it's not the end, like you would read from chapter 1 to chapter 21, right? And so we end with chapter 21 and we now go, what was that all about? But really, chapter 17 to chapter 21 really fits in, in terms of you just look at the chapters, round about chapter 4 of the book of Judges. It's almost like Samuel looks back and puts, takes a pulse of where the people are at, right? So I've just said that he looks back over a period of 340 years. But really, 
chapter 17 to 21 is, uh, is much, much closer to the beginning of the book of Judges than the end of the book of Judges. I don't know if you remember chapter 17, we met a man called Micah. Oh, he, had a, he took some money from his mom and then made a little idol. And then there was a Levite, right? You know who this Levite was? He was the grandson of Moses. Right, so it's not just like any Levite. This is, what, this is somebody that should have gone into the family business. I mean, this is Moses that led the people out of Egypt, right? He handed over to Joshua, who kind of conquered and divided. And then we have in chapter 17, this, the grandson of Moses uh, selling his services. So it really shows us as parents the awesome responsibility we have to raise our kids in the way that they should go. So that when they're older, they will not depart from it. And so we come to chapter 18 and 19 of last week where Dale spoken. He's just an amazing preacher, isn't he? He managed to squeeze in a C.S. Lewis, The Hobbit, Lords of the Ring, Angelia Jolie, everybody into that sermon. I can't do any of that. But really, chapter 19 last week is, is really how far the people have fallen from, from God. Really, he's, he's saying that this is what Israel did to their own people. And so you can just understand how chapter 20 starts off and the people are really furious. Because it's still very close. It's very in the beginning of the book of Judges. That's the time frame of chapter 20. People still remember what happened in the book of Joshua uh, with I. Remember they went to Jericho, they walked around seven times. Everything was destroyed. And the next battle they went into I. Somebody took something and all hell broke loose and they lost the fight. So when, when they come to chapter 20 of the book of Judges, everybody rallies when they hear this, uh, this terrible thing. When this parcel of meat arrived. The first UPS service in the Bible. They arrived and people are just like, who did this? Who could do this? And so they all came together at Dan and Bethel. Remember what Dan is? That's where the grandson of Moses went and worked for the tribe of Dan. Remember? So it's really from the very north to the very south. So what he's saying is all the people came together. This nameless Levite, this is not the grandson of Moses. This is another guy, but nobody knows his name. And when he uh, basically stood up and spoke, everybody was filled with anger. Imagine, I work with children all the time, so use your imagination. (gasps) People of Israel heard what happened. And uh, they got really upset, really angry, really quickly. Because it's a terrible thing that happened. And they don't want this to happen again, so they reacted. You know, they didn't think through it carefully. If you look at the passage, we don't have time to go into it. They didn't look at it carefully. They didn't interview everybody. They just had the word of the Levite. 
And when you look at it carefully in chapter 20, it's very different to what really happened in chapter 19, right? It's like, you know, my wife and I, we went to this town. The men knocked on the door. They wanted to kill me. And they raped my, my wife and left her for dead. And the next morning I took her home and, and I just sent her to you. That's not really what happened. I mean, he, he protected himself. He kind of threw herself out, her out there. And it was really for self-preservation. There was really not much good in this Levite. But the people of Israel responded, you know. Like maybe you and I might. In a situation where your wife or your husband tell you a one-sided part of what happened. And my poor little daughter, she's 10 years old, always gets the brunt of this. I come home and the mother says, uh, you know what Annie did today? Oh dear. Immediately my eyes, my eyebrows rise up. I become a little bit grumpy and hot-headed. I just become angry and I react. And then I say, if I... By find that little girl, I will peel the off her bottom. Now, sometimes in anger we say things that we always regret afterwards, right? But I'm sure it never happens to you because you are sanctified and saved by grace. <laughs> that for me it often happens, and this is really what happens in the book of Judges too. Is uh, these men elders react? They say, man, what we're going to do is just let's, let's just gather an army, 400,000 men with swords. It's a lot of people. And they say, what we're going to do is we're just going to go to that city and we're going to tell the men who did it to come out and we're going to kill them. Right? And so 400,000 of them go down to battle. And what happens is... Um, they said to the tribe of Benjamin, uh, just send out the guys who did it. Send them out. We will kill them and, and restore justice to Israel. And the Benjamites said, no. We're not going to do that. What we're going to do is we're going to raise up 26,000 men to fight with you. And then there's another a few of them. And then there's these special samurai ninja <laughs> navy seals that can, you know, can kill uh, can with a sling, you know. Take the hair of your head. I've got them also. Earlier in the book of Judges, you meet them. You know, the left-handed guy who hit the sword and then he ripped it out and stuck the king and it says the dirt came out. It was really awful stuff. But they made, they just reacted. They didn't bother to, to listen. They didn't bother to uh, follow all the instructions. They just reacted. You know, that never happens to you. So, just give me a second. Look at my paper. So what they do is they go to battle three times. The first time they inquire of the Lord, they say, should we go? So they just assume that what they're doing is right. So God says, let Judah go first. 22,000 men died. They cried. They come to the Lord again and said, Should we go to battle again tomorrow uh, and fight Benjamin, our brother? And God says, Go. And then another lot of people die. 
The third battle, they go again and say, should we go this time and fight? And God says, this time go and I will give them over to you. And then they did an awful thing. They killed most of the people of uh, Benjamin. And then they were left with a dilemma. You know, in the heat of the moment, we sometimes lose our heads and we do awful things. And it is with regret often that we come after we've done terrible things that we come back and say, God, what have we done? And that is exactly what happens in chapter 21. They've basically wiped out a whole tribe and only 600 men are left. And they found themselves with this dilemma that often when we, are in, when we make problems and we try and fix them ourselves, we often make things worse. Right? So they had a problem. They didn't really ask for all the information. They reacted, overreacted, went to war, killed everybody, and now they find that the tribe of Benjamin has no wives. But the story doesn't stop there because what they've done in the heat of the moment, they also said, you know, and um, um, we're going to go to war and, and by the way, uh, when we kill them, we won't give any of our daughters to them in marriage. I promise. So they made a, a rash vow. Right, so they have this vow. Now they have a problem. They can't have any children. So the tribe of Benjamin is going to die because they promised that they won't give their daughters to them in marriage. Right, so they think, can we do? And often we do the same in that situation. We think, oh, how can we change the rules slightly so we can kind of get out of it? Then they said, well, maybe there's a back door. Who, who of the people of Israel didn't come and fight against uh, Benjamin? And then they found this one tribe that didn't go. And so they said, whoa, what we can do is, why don't we just kill them? Right? Then we take their daughters. So they go, 12,000 men, and they found only 400 of these girls. But there were 600 men. What can we do? Part one, ka-chink. Part two, they still need 200 wives for these young men. So they decided, well, there's a dance coming up. So when these young girls go out and dance, just find the one that you like and run off with her. See, nowhere in, in the Old Testament, in the law, in the book of Leviticus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy, did God ever tell the girls, you know, just go shake your booty, find a husband? No, this was a pagan custom. So what we find actually happened in the book of Joshua, the people were mandated to do what? To teach the people who Yahweh was. The book of Deuteronomy says that who is like our God? They were mandated to teach the heathens, the pagans, how to worship God. And yet at the book of Judges, at the end of the book of Judges, we find that the Canaanites were more successful at converting the Israelites than the Israelites were at converting the Canaanites. And so they have totally incorporated a pagan custom that was where the woman would come out Dance, find a husband, and we find, sadly, that at the end of the book of Judges, the people of Israel have become just like the people that they've despised in the beginning. So I'm out of time. So what can we learn from the book of Judges? 
What can we learn from this story? One. When you come home next time, tired of a long day, maybe a little bit sleepy, a beautiful red nose because you love Rudolph, happy to see your family, your wife, your kids. And you hear all these stories of the things that could have gone wrong. That's one ear. It's another ear. Maybe what you can do is ask the Holy Spirit, especially for the men, before you come home. Cover your ears. (laughs) This is good godly advice. (laughs) I've been married 20 years. It works for me. Ask the Lord, ask the Lord to help you hear what would be helpful, what would be life-giving. Because often it's when we're tired, we react, we respond, and we do things that just makes the issue worse. So, okay, now, what happens? And he did this, and we can hear and not react. Because we've asked God to really... Help us to hear with his ears, to see with his eyes. Let's just pray. Father, help us. In my inability to communicate these two chapters, would you help us to take away what you want us to take away? Would you come and inspire your word to us? Would you open your word to us? Would you teach us? Would you, would you make us learn, even from this difficult passage, that we think maybe has nothing for us in the 21st century? Lord, would you open your word to show us that, that you are real, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you are an amazing God, full of grace and mercy, and we just bless you. Amen. Let me just close by saying God is an amazing God. They wiped out the tribe of Benjamin. They got new wives. But you know what's the amazing thing? Is that the first king of Israel, which tribe did he come from? The tribe of Benjamin. Who else is a hero of our faith? Not quite a little bit later. Paul. Paul came from the tribe of Benjamin. So see, sometimes even in the midst of our greatest mistakes, the greatest things we've done wrong, God is a merciful God that can bring restoration and peace. Shall we just sing and then I'll end the service.